0: My name is Craig Wright. You're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network.
1: Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. sexual objectification of women in advertising.
0: Nice, nice. Hey, everybody. My name is Zach Moss. I'm the opinion editor for The Daily Emerald.
1: And I am Emily Garcia. I am the senior designer at The Emerald.
0: And if you haven't gone it yet, we are talking about sexual justification of women in the advertising industry. So first and foremost, why should we even care about advertisements and how they depict both men and women and sexual justification?
1: Because whether you realize it or not, advertisements actually influence our belief of society. Typically, advertisements are supposed to be like the reflecting glass of society. What we see in advertisements reflects what happens in society, or at least that's the idealist's point of view. Okay. But it isn't really that way.
0: Oh, so is it kind of like one of those things where they affect us and we affect it?
1: Exactly. Okay. It's like constant osmosis.
0: Oh, okay. So within sexual objectification, is it almost like they are showing us what we want to see?
1: Kind of, sort of. They're also setting up what is expected of us. kind of, like giving us the desirable idea. Again, advertising is selling ideas. And in the past, it's done a pretty bad job at representing women and what we're meant to Mm, be.
0: Like like sexy housewife things.
1: Oh, yeah. In fact, there's four historically categorized um, women roles. Okay. Okay. So we got two with the housewife and two with the sex object. So housewife number A is the decorative element of the home who is a sex object to her husband and dependent on the strength of men. Okay. But then you also have housewife B, who is also concerned with physical attractiveness, is also a sex object. But hey, at least now she's wanting to have a career too.
0: So it's like productive as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. So
1: That's the better end. The last two are just the sex objects who are either used for sexual gratification or erotic and sexual stimuli, which is not what a woman wants to be.
0: Nice. So they're just a bunch of erotic, sexual beings that live in the household and may or may not want a career, according to the advertising industry from the past.
1: Yeah, a woman can have a career so long as she's sexy, married, and keeps a good household.
0: Oh, okay, okay, makes sense.
1: Makes That's sense. historically the <laughs> representation of a respectful woman, quote unquote. Notice me doing the air quotes Hmm, Um, but then you also have the sex object now for those of you who don't remember here's a clip of an ad that you may remember once you hear the beat so this is the Carl's Jr. ad from earlier 2000s it has Paris Hilton wearing a black, sexy swimsuit who is washing a muscle car while eating a cheeseburger. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot of sex packed into one little short advertisement right there. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how much more testosterone they could have packed into that single ad yeah because you got the muscle car mm-hmm. you got the babe and you got the burger you
0: got all you got all three
1: yeah nice okay but i guess i'm mad because you know you're sexually objectifying a human. i don't being. know what makes me more frustrated the fact that they are belittling a woman to the point where she's no longer a person she's a sex toy or the fact that they think so less of men that they believe all they care about are burgers, babes, and muscle cars. I mean, Zach, you you can't be limited down to those three things.
0: No, I don't think so. I mean, so with myself, like other guys as well, it's going to sound bad. And I'm serious. I'm being serious. But with commercials like that I don't really like cars first of all and yes I'm a guy saying I don't like cars and I feel like there's going to be some people who are going to be listening to this right now and and flinch a little bit because they're not going to believe me but it's the truth and I also don't really like burgers that much either yeah really I said it so with advertisements like that from a guy's perspective at least from my own personal perspective, and I know a lot of people are gonna be able to relate to it is the fact that it's it's kind of like the shock factor of the whole thing of how ridiculous it can be with getting so much testosterone, like you were saying, and so many hot girls into one advertisement. And so my question to you with that, with everything that's been said so far is is it a lot of it just for the shock factor or is it for the trying to um, make sexualized uh, products through having women advertise them?
1: I think it's the shock value. Okay. And Carl's Jr. Fun fact Carl's Jr. does not have as large of a budget for their advertising as other companies do. And it's because they invest their money back into their products to provide high quality burgers. So you got to have that shock value. Okay. But you got to do it tastefully. And thankfully, since 72 and Sunny picked up this account recently, they have been kind of shifting the attention away from sexy women and more towards the burgers and the ingredients and the high quality of it all. But don't worry, you're still going to get your beautiful babes. Okay. Just in case you were wondering and curious <laughs> about that.
0: <laughs> okay, so what you're saying is that they're, they're shifting from focusing on um, sexualizing things towards the product itself. And you mentioned something called 72 and Sunny. Now, what exactly is 72 and Sunny?
1: Awesome question. 72 and Sunny is a creative ad agency that has offices all over the world. They have two offices in um, the United States, one in New York and one in L.A. And they are, in my opinion, one of the leaders of the industry. They're always looking for something new, the next best thing. In fact, they are so... Strong as an agency. They just recently picked up a $700 million contract for General Mills. Wow. So these guys know what they're doing and they produce excellent work. And what I love about these guys is they know their audience and their strategy is on point. So they realize that Carl's Jr. doesn't have a lot of money, but they also realize that women are not just sex objects. Let's Mm. be real here. But they also realize that. You know, you got to have the shock value. You beautiful women sell burgers. So let's use, for example, Hayden Panettiere mm-hmm. to sell this awesome burger. But let's let her keep clothes on rather okay. than take them off.
0: So in a way, it's just taking a step back from what's already happening a little bit where instead of having Paris Hilton in, say, a bikini or someone else presenting a product in it and it- incredibly sexualized way, but they're just toning it down now, is
1: Mm -hmm. what you're saying. They're taking it back a little bit. Okay. And they're also helping Carl's Jr. out by doing partnerships with them and their other clients. In fact, recently, like, 72 and Sunny paired up Call of Duty, the video game, with Carl's Jr. And that's been really successful for the company, I think, personally, because you're Mm -hmm. reaching a wider demographic than you would just focusing on the shock value. You're also getting those avid video game players who are participating in the company as well now.
0: Okay, so how are these affecting girls and and women alike?
1: Oh my goodness. Not well at all. Okay. Zach, have you ever seen a woman in real life walking down the street who looks like the model you see on, let's say, Victoria's Secret ad?
0: That depends. Is it... What if I do see the exact model? What if I have seen that exact model? Does she count, or are we talking the the average person who isn't the actual model on the magazine? By the way, she didn't even though it was the exact model. She still didn't look like what she did on the magazine.
1: Wait, who are you talking about?
0: As bad as it sounds, and I guess this has to go back into sexual objectification. But I was just walking by and saw one of those Victoria's Secret advertisements, right? And mm-hmm. in, in the front cover, I don't actually know who it was. But she's advertising the lingerie. And then I actually saw her walking, walking around. Yeah. As interesting as that was. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. It's weird. Right. It's very weird. But I guess that goes back into the whole sexual objectification. I don't even know her name. Right. She's just advertising these things. And I just happen mm-hmm. to see her walking by. But back to your original point of what do do I see these people actually walking around people like yes. her? And the answer is never.
1: Okay. There's a reason for that. Hmm. Because according to the National Eating Disorders Association, or NIDA, less than 5% of women around the world have that body type. That is so celebrated in advertising that saturates in our media.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow.
1: Less than 5%.
0: So virtually no one.
1: Basically. And in 2013, Nita found that two-thirds of girls ages 6 to 18 admitted that images portrayed in advertising influenced their ideas of beauty. And in fact, half of these girls expressed a desire to lose five pounds or more because of these advertisements and wanting to reach their, quote, ideal body weight.
0: Wow. So this is indefinitely affecting society. It's not just an advertisement. It's almost like they're trying to push a way of how people are supposed to live their lives, whether it's eating virtually nothing, whether it's looking like someone who only 5% of people represent. This is a really big problem.
1: It is. And thankfully, it's, it's changing a little bit. But, you know, as I mentioned in the last episode, I'm part Hawaiian. You probably wouldn't get that when you look at me because I'm fairly light-skinned. However, if I told you I was part Hawaiian, you would probably nod and agree because my body structure is that of a Hawaiian woman. I've had doctors tell me time and time again, Emily, you're never gonna get smaller than a size six without looking really unhealthy. It's taken me 22 years and I'm slowly accepting that. But here's the issue, I have five nieces all under the age of 13 and three of them have the body type I do and two years ago my niece Becca who was eight at the time came up to me and said Auntie Emmy how do I lose five pounds Wow. and that to me broke my heart because I found out she was doing it so she could get a boy in her class to like her now as an aunt I didn't know which was worse the fact that My niece, who should be focusing on things like soccer or her art or singing or music or something like that, is focusing on losing five pounds or the fact that she wanted to lose five pounds so she could get a boy's attention. That tells you something in the ad world is not adding up. And so that's why I actually chose to go into this industry, is to change that perception of women, using real women to teach girls that... Beauty is not defined by what your body looks like. It's by what your body can do. There's amazing things. Like, look at the recent Olympics that just happened. Oh, yeah. The final five, they are not built like the models you see in advertisements, and they can do amazing things with their body. Like, Simone Biles, come on, let's talk about her as an athlete. (laughs) She can do such great stuff. So we should be talking about that more. And promoting body positivity with our girls, not telling them the best thing you can do is be beautiful and if you can't do that, you're nothing.
0: I definitely agree even from a guy's perspective, when you're looking at the advertising agencies and how they represent guys. now granted it's not as it's not as bad, I would argue as the ways that they represent women and how you know women and girls alike are supposed to fit in these these uh, almost like these these standard perceptions that they have created. But guys, nonetheless, I feel like we've also, um, been, been at the end of, of this advertising problem, whether it's trying to show these guys with a lot of six pack abs or, or gaining all these, you know, 20 pounds of muscle, things like that. So I can definitely say that although it affects, uh, women and girls more so, it definitely affects everyone altogether as well.
1: It does. And that's why it's time for our industry to move away from the sexual objectification. And they are... They are already starting to, like, in 2014, Aerie, this lingerie company that's associated with American Eagle Outfitters, actually did a body positivity campaign where they actually called it the non-Photoshop campaign, and they would not use Photoshop on their models, and they actually utilized two plus-size models. And for those of you who are not familiar, or those of you who are very familiar with the ad world, that wasn't really heard of. And in fact, their competitors, including Victoria's Secret, said there is no way you can sell bras and panties to anyone by using a plus-sized woman. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? At the end of that year, they saw a 9% increase in sales.
0: Wow, so it's it's significant. People are paying attention to these things.
1: It's not a ton, but that's 9%. That's better than nothing.
0: That's a lot, And it's
1: based on this idea of body positivity. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, guys fun fact, models are human. So they are going to have belly rolls. They are going to have stretch marks and they are going to have freckles. Just deal with it. Everybody has them. So it's time to embrace yours. And I have to applaud that ad agency for doing that.
0: Definitely. It seems overall that the problems with objectification is the fact that it, it starts creating standards of how uh, women and people, just people in general, how they're viewed. Who who are they representing? How are they representing them and how they affect society?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing that's really starting to happen within ad agencies. And I am personally thankful for this is that ad agencies are waking up. Fun fact, 90% of um, purchasing powers within households come from the women of the household.
0: Wow. That is a fun fact.
1: Yeah. So who better to try to sell things to women to Mm -hmm. than a woman herself? Yeah. And so ad agencies now are trying to put women in the power seat. They're putting them in the driver's seat, putting them in control. And that's really helpful. And it's causing change. And we're also going to be getting minorities in. It just takes one person having the courage to break the status quo before everyone else follows. And thankfully, we have ad agencies like 72 and Sunny who are okay with making the transition. And it's not going to be like black and white. It's going to take some time. We got to transition into it, but at least they're taking the step to that direction and being leaders and not just followers of the status quo.
0: Definitely, I think you have a lot of great points and I think this opens up a larger discussion of of advertising as a whole, but I think you put it best. I'm not even gonna add to it, I think that's perfect and I can't wait to see what you end up doing in the advertisement industry itself.
1: Thanks, Zach.
0: Thank you so much for coming on again.
1: Thank you for having me, it's always fun.
0: Again, my name is Zach Moss, I'm the opinion editor for the Daily Emerald. You can follow me on Twitter at ZachMoss6.
1: And I'm Emily Garcia. I am the senior designer at The Emerald, and you can follow me on Twitter at Emily underscore Calais and that's K-A-L-E-I.
0: If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or want us to talk about something else in the following weeks, just let us know. Thank you so much for listening.